TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Ray and Glenn, Saturday morning, 94 WIP. Let me give you the numbers. We do have, uh, I know we're going to have time this segment to get in some calls. we got a packed show today, including Mitch Williams for Tell Us Your Story at noon. But this is a segment where I built in some time to take calls. So if you want to get on the air, 215-592-9494. All right, Ray. Before that, it is time for this week in Philadelphia sports history, brought to you by Shibe Vintage Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. Check out their throwback apparel at their Center City location or ShibeSports.com. All right, Ray. It was way back in 1989. The Flyers are playing the Washington Capitals in the playoffs. Third periods, Flyers lead 7-5. to five. Well, That was not a very tight defense of a game, was it? No, no it was not. Uh, killing a penalty late in the third period. The puck goes behind the Flyers' net, and here's what happens. Keep in mind, the Flyers have a two-goal lead, and the Flyers are also shorthanded. And there may be time for a first for Ron Hextall in the playoffs. The situation would be right as Peters heads off right now. Hextall stops oh, it. Flip look out. Down the ice. He's Will got it a make chance. It? He's got a chance. He's got yeah. it. Yes, sir. Yes. The first time ever it's happened in the playoffs. Ron Hextall with a minute and two seconds to go. <laughs> it is eight to five in favor of the Flyers. All right. First of all. How about Doc Emmerich foreseeing it before it happens? Yep, that, that's what made Doc great. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, by the way, there was Doc Emmerich and Bill Clement, which was such a great combo, man. That, you know, we talk about great play-by-play teams right. in our city, and we've had a lot of them. Oh, we have. Uh, and we have we have a lot of them today. Marilyn Mike is great today. Scott in L.A. is great today. We'll see how the other guys who are going to work in the Phillies games go. But we've had some great broadcasting teams. Uh, I like Kate Scott and Allah. I think they're doing a very nice job. I do, too. They're very good together. Um, but way back in the day, that was a really great one with Doc Emmerich and Billy Clement. Anyway, that you you heard what just happened. Uh, the Flyers are in the playoffs. Hextall scores with a minute and two left in the game. Gives them a 3-2 to two edge in the series. Two days later, they beat the Capitals uh, and win the series. Uh, and advance. I'm trying to remember who they ended up. They lost to Montreal that year in '89. Yeah, I forget I so. who they lost to in '89. Anyway, um, but it was his second goal. Uh, he had actually scored his first goal. Uh, and Ray, what I didn't know is that you have a you got a little uh, a little part of this story here. Well, sort of. Um, 
that season when Ron Hextall, the year when Ron Hextall was a rookie, not that particular year, but the year that he was a rookie. Um, he December came, 8th, 1987. Yep, he, came, he came up. Pelly Lindbergh had, uh, had been killed in a car crash. Uh, the Flyers open the season uh, with Ron Hextall, who was called up from the minor leagues, starts the opening game against uh, Edmonton, wins the game, uh, and all of a sudden becomes this sensation. And played and went on, and, you know, at that point, Mike Keenan says he's my goalie, and um, – and and he goes on this run and he's winning games and you know getting in fights and he's uh, he's really kind of a revelation really because nobody knew all that much about him. No, unless he was you were... unique uh, as a, he was one of the well most unique is not a real thing but he was totally unique as a player uh, when he came up because goalies didn't do either of those two things that you're talking about. No, no, they didn't. Uh, yeah, I mean, some guys would handle the puck a little bit, but not like he did. Uh, not that they would skate it out like he did. Not that they would defend their crease the way he did. Not that they would drop their gloves and fight the way he did. I mean, he yeah. was uh, – and then he did all the, all the goalie stuff on top of it. He was a really good goalie on top of all this stuff. Um, and so, I guess, you know, four or five weeks into the season when Hextall's becoming really kind of a thing in the city, the sports air at the Daily News, I was still at the Daily News, uh, Mike Rath had said, why don't you go do a – why don't we go, go down there and do a profile about this guy? Tell us – because we know he comes from a hockey family. We know his father played. His grandfather scored a Stanley Cup winning goal for the Rangers. And, you know, there's, there's a whole chain of Hextalls. There's a whole chain of Hextalls in the NHL. So, you know, go write a story about him and the whole Hextall family. So, fine. Sounds like fun to me. So, I went down and interviewed Hexy after a practice. And uh, I could not have been a nicer guy. I mean, he was great. We just sat and we talked. And we're talking about all the usual stuff. And then um, he just volunteers. I mean, just totally volunteers that, uh, and I'm going to be the first NHL goalie to actually score a goal in a game. You know, none of this stuff that it bounces in off somebody else and the goalie. No, I'm going to score. I'm going to shoot and score a goal. I'm going to be the first NHL goalie to do it. And I laughed. I thought he was kidding around. And he gave me this look like, what are you laughing at? Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then he went on to explain, you know, that, you know, I practice this stuff. You know, in practice, I just, you know, before practice, I'm out there skating and, you know, I'm I'm carrying the puck, and you know, I I can I can hit a wrist, I can hit the corners with a wrist shot from center ice. He said I can really shoot the puck, um, and he said, look, I'm not going to be stupid about it. And and this gets into what Mike Emmerich is saying that the Flyers are killing a penalty, which means that Hextall can shoot at the length of the ice and not get an icing call, so he can take that shot and it's not going to be icing. So um, he said, you know, the situ if the situation has to be right. Right, late, it was uh, a, a little more than a minute left in the game, and they had a two-goal lead. Right, so yeah, we got a, a two, we got a two, we got a two-goal lead. We're killing a penalty. We're trying to ice the puck anyway. Um, if the situation is right, I'm going to take a shot at it, and I can do it. And so when I wrote the story about Hextall, uh, I led with that. I led with this, this you know, him just saying very matter-of-factly, yeah, I'm going to be the first goalie to score a goal. And, um, and lo and behold, he was. And I remember talking to Dave Poulin about it, like, the next day. And I, I'm sort of laughing about it. So, you know what Hexy told me yesterday? He said, you know, he's, he says he's going to be the first goalie to actually score a goal in an NHL game. And Poulin said, oh, yeah, he will. And, I, and, and he said, you know, we see him in practice, the way he handles the puck, the way he can shoot the puck. Yeah, he absolutely is going to be the first guy to do it. And it wasn't that far into the season that he did do it. But uh, I want to I lay claim to the fact that I was the first one to actually write about it. Wow. That's pretty good. That's very good. Uh, yeah, he, he was so much fun to watch the first time around. Um, you know, the second time around he was a little tamer and, and not as 
talented. But when he came up and those first couple seasons, and as you said, he would fight people. I mean, you know, there's the the famous the famous thing where he he got even for the cheap shot on Brian Prop, right? Yeah, he went after Chelios. Chelios. Yeah, and yeah. just <laughs> crushed him. And there's the time he used his goalie stick like a like an axe chopping down trees. He did that a few times and earned some suspensions. Uh, but he did that, and there was always excitement when he played. He he was one of the more fun players I, over the years. If if you're going to make a list, all sports, of the most exciting players to watch, he's I think he's young Hextall. Hextall version one is on my top ten. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and uh, you know during play stoppages when he would bang his hockey stick on yeah, the when he would bang yeah, the goalie yeah. stick oh, on the God. on the crossbar. Yeah, and you'd hear that clanging sound yeah. all over the building. It was really – he was a show. I mean, he was really a show. And the thing that I remember about covering him, and I admired this tremendously. I admire this in an athlete that can do this, and this kid did it all every time. He always blamed himself. Like, if the team lost a game, he said, blame me. You know, I'm the one – you know, I'm the puck got past me. It's, there was, he, was the, he, was one of the, he was one of the most accountable players that I've seen come through the city. He never, he never, never even suggested that anybody else was at fault if they lost a game. He always, he always pointed the finger at himself, even when it was not deserved. I mean, he was always quick to step up and take the fall. And I, it's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to do. And you look around professional sports, Lord knows these days, and nobody wants to do that. But he did it all the time. I really, I really respected it. It's one of the reasons why his teammates loved him. Hey, by the way, our uh, Tell Us Your Story guest at noon is a guy who certainly rose to that occasion. Yes, he did. Himself. Yes, he did. Mitch Williams, uh, when he gave the home run to Joe Carter, I think one of the reasons that people in this town embrace Mitch Williams is because he didn't put that on anybody. He did put it on himself, and we will talk to him about that in that interview. Uh, one last thing on this, because you talked about the way he used to, uh, during the whistles, the stoppages, he used to uh, bang the pipes. Right. Uh, we bought the house that I live in now. We bought uh, when he was in his glory with the Flyers. And back when my kids were young, uh, kids in this neighborhood used to have street hockey games that would last all day. Actually, I would play in them, and adults would play in them, and kids would play in them, and, you you know, you just kind of – everybody – there would be 5-year-olds and 15-year-olds and 45-year-olds, and we would just have these four-hour street hockey games, and you'd go in and have lunch, and you'd come out, and the game was still going, and a couple other kids would come, and bu- come by, and this kid's little sister wanted to play, and they, it was great. It was one of the things I loved about my neighborhood. And there was a little boy on the street – eight nine years old who wanted to play goalie and so he gets in there and every stoppage he did the hextel pipe little kids would emulate that and i always <laughs> thought that was that was pretty funny the way years ago well i guess no it actually probably was around the same time you would see kids in little league games do the mike schmidt kind the, of, wi- the wiggle at the plate yeah 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 or before that it wasn't really here as much cincinnati the joe morgan flapping the of the wing. arm yeah yeah, it's always funny when you see little kids watch their heroes and then try to emulate them, and that's what they used to do. Uh, okay, one other thing I want to bring up this this uh, segment, by the way, 592-9494. Uh, Ray, the Masters is going on, and I guarantee you that one out of every five people, no more than one out of every five people, is able to tell you who's leading right now. That's true. By the way, it's Scotty Scheffler, who's got a five-stroke lead going into today. Yep. Uh, and a 250 tee-off. But what everybody can tell you is 
Tiger Woods made the cut, played the walked, which is what I'll ask you about in a moment, walked the first two rounds, did okay. He was two over 74 yesterday. He's one over. He's tied for 19th. Right. Actually, not, not bad. Striking distance, I guess. Um, but the, the miraculous thing is that he played. He's playing. And I know you were very excited about this thing. I let get your thoughts. Yeah, I was. I was uh, because I mean there were. Listen, I mean that car crash, and you can blame him for it. I mean I'm not. Oh yeah. I, I'm not going to try and make right, he's him. Not, he's not a hero in this. No, story. no, no. And I'm not trying to make him be one. But re- if you remember, if you read the reports of the accident that he was in in Los Angeles, I mean for, for a time the doctors were thinking of amputating his leg. I mean that's this wasn't just like a, a minor break i mean that they they were thinking seriously of amputating his leg um and they put it back together again and it, right now it's all full of screws and plates and everything it, and and rods it's there's very little bone in there uh and the feeling was okay he'll walk again but the idea that he's ever really really going to play true competitive golf is beyond question i mean it's not going to happen uh and even he kind of suggested that uh for a time but then he started coming back and you heard reports that he was out playing and then he played in that exhibition thing with his son last year and played pretty well riding in a golf cart but he was hitting the ball and then a month or so ago you heard well you know guess what he's he's dropping in at Augusta playing to practice and so he's not just going to Augusta for a little just for a little fun this isn't for ha-has if he was going to Augusta I mean I'm saying he's 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 practicing I mean and if if he can walk around that course and he feels like he can compete, he's going to play. And sure enough, here he is. Now, yesterday, it looked like he was going to shoot himself out of the tournament. Uh, he had yeah, like he had a rough four, yeah, four of the first five holes he bogeyed, and it looked like he was on his way to being not making the cut. But then he pulled it together on the back nine, survived the cut, and he's nine shots back right now, but he's only four shots out of second place. So, I'm, and listen, there's nobody, nobody is happier than this than the TV networks. Oh gosh, yes. Because they, now people are going. To, now people have a reason to watch this weekend. Yes, yes. Listen, golf has golf. To me, is only interesting when the players are interesting, and right. most golfers are not interesting to me. I don't really want to watch Shane Lowry against Hideki Matsuyama against Charles Schwartzel and Kevin Na. Ray, I'm looking at those names because I couldn't give them to you off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. The guys I know on the leaderboard are Dustin Johnson, who I like. He's like the guy I would root for, and Scotty Scheffler. Mm-hmm. I, I, be honest with you, as a casual golf fan, I don't even know most of these other guys. Yeah, All Scheffler's right? really good. Scheffler's game is yeah. rock solid. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and no fluke that he's winning this thing. Golf works best when actually it works best when there's a great rivalry which there hasn't been for a while, right? Yeah, not since Tiger and, and uh, Mickelson were really right. kind of at the Tiger peak. and Mickelson was was pretty good. Um, I guess Craig Norman for a while, but you knew you always knew he was going to lose. Right. Vijay Singh, yeah, I guess. But he was he was really boring. I mean, you go back to like Arnie and, and Jack, right? Which yeah. I know goes way back. But that's it's one of those – golf and tennis and certain sports like that work really well because they're individual sports. You want the rivalry. They don't have a rivalry now, and they really don't have a lot of compelling figures. It's just not – most people don't know and don't care. But they know and care about Tiger Woods, and you're right. The networks are showing every shot he makes. He's in 19th place, 
But it's like, all right, we're, we're going to go off of Scheffler now, and we're going to show you Tiger Woods on his second shot. Yep. Yeah. Oh, they believe me. All the network guys were down on their knees praying. Yeah. Yesterday afternoon, the Tiger survived the cut. Didn't he? Didn't have to be at at the top. I mean, that would have been gravy if he had been. But just just get to the just get to Saturday, okay? Just get to Saturday. Get us that weekend audience, and he managed to do that. And you know, now we'll see. I mean, five stroke lead after thirty six holes ties is tied for the biggest lead in in the history of the tournament. Uh, and uh, we'll see. You know, Scheffler has won tournaments before, but he's never won a major, uh, and he's never led in a major. So this is uncharted water for him. You know, he's never been in this position where he's got two rounds to go and he's got a five-shot lead for the green jacket. Let's, You know, he's a really good player, and as I said, he's got a real solid game. There's really no weakness in his game. But let's see how he deals with the pressure because he's going to be feeling it today. Yeah. Let's talk to Rich in Huntington Valley. You're on with Ray and Glenn. Hello, Rich. Good morning, guys. I just had a thought about Mickey Moniak. The poor guy struggled for five years in the minors, and he finally finds himself. And the day before opening day, he gets hurt, and he's out for four to six weeks. I know. I know. It's, I re- it's, it's a shame. I really feel bad for him. Yeah, I think we all do. I think we all do. Because he was a guy that, I mean, everybody had written off. I think even to a large degree the organization, to be honest with you. Um, exactly. if, I mean, if it isn't for if it isn't for Herrera getting hurt, I'm not even sure he gets a sniff down in Clearwater. But the opportunity presented itself, and uh, give him credit, and give the coach, give the hitting coach Kevin Long credit for adjusting his stance and adjusting his swing, and he got the he was handed the opportunity, probably his last one, and he took advantage of it. Had a monster spring, and then <laughs> the the last preseason game before they come north, he gets hit by a pitch and breaks his hand. It's just it's really really a tough break. You just you just hope it doesn't derail him. I hope so, too. All right, Rich. Appreciate Thanks for bringing that up. Ray, uh, terrible news. Just uh, tweeted by Adam Schefter uh, involving a, a young former NFL player, Dwayne Haskins. A standout at Ohio State before struggling to catch on with Washington and Pittsburgh in the NFL. Died this morning. Oh, my God. And he got hit by a car in South Florida. Oh, my God. Per his agent, Cedric Saunders. Haskins would have turned 25 on May 3rd. Oh, jeez. Wow. That is a a tragic story. Wow. Yeah, it really is. It really is. I mean, he was a big-time player at Ohio State, Heisman Trophy finalist, first-round NFL draft pick of Washington, um, was the starting quarterback, you know, for that team. And they Mm -hmm. thought that he was the guy they were going to build around, and it never quite happened for him. Uh, And then he went to Pittsburgh to try and get his career back on track. Um, Oh, what what a sad story. I didn't know that. Mm-mm. Oh my well, goodness! It just happened. I mean, it just report just came out. So, wow. Very sorry to hear that. All sympathies to his friends and family. Uh, all right, two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Coming up, we do have time for your calls, and I'm going to give you a review, Ray, of a TV show. I'm going to put it to you this way, Ray. Mm-hmm. A TV show that you would like, and will never watch. Oh, there's but a lot others, of those. Yeah, I know there are. Uh, and and others will watch this, and it's it's good stuff that I discovered. We'll talk about that. Don't forget, Mitch Williams tells your story at noon because it's baseball season. Ray, it's baseball season. Say it. Phillies, 89 wins. <laughs> right. uh, I'm not quite there yet. I know. You'll, hey, they sweep this homestand against a pathetic A's team. I'll catch you, and you'll, you'll be there. We'll see. Right. Hey, by the way, so tonight I am uh, doing the emceeing in the – 
uh, post theater. Uh, what do you call it? Back talk? You don't call it back talk. No, we, you uh, we got it backwards. It's called talk back. Talk back. All right, fine. For Tommy and me at the Bucks County Playhouse, and I'm looking forward to that. Ray, if the Phillies are two and zero at that point, yeah, which they very may well be, yeah, I probably should be playing this team. I am going to ask you in front of cast and audience if you are aboard the bandwagon yet. <laughs> Don't do this to me, Ray. I'm just trying to sell tickets for you. <laughs> well, People come on out and see, see the that. play. Yeah. Okay, we've had we've, play we've had two Ray's answer. No, we've had we've had two really really good nights at the play, and we'll be there. Tonight and again tomorrow. If you know, anybody wants to come out and see Glenn and I tonight and see Tommy and me, come on out. Bucks County Playhouse, 8 o'clock curtain, um, or get tickets for tomorrow's show at 2. It's, it's really been going good, Glenn. Bucks County Playhouse is everything, everything I thought it was going to be. Yep. 215-592-9494. Hey, are you tired of dealing with your old drafty windows and doors in your house? Well, maybe it's time you finally go guide it. The great people at Guided Door and Window will help make your window and door replacement project more affordable with their buy one, get one half off sale. For every door or window you buy, you get a second one at 50% off. And you can mix and match the savings to suit your own needs. Buy an entry door, get half off a storm door. Buy a patio door, get 50% off a window. If you need to replace all the windows and doors in your house, it's easy because you save 50% on half the project. The more you need, the more you save. Plus, Guida is making it easier for you to afford your project with no money down and interest-free financing for up to 18 months. Act Now offers for a limited time only. Restrictions apply. For full details, call Guida today. Schedule a free, no-obligation in-home estimate at one eight seven seven go guida or visit them at goguida.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A.com. From the Augusta National Golf Club, Westwood One Sports presents this special report on the Masters. I'm Ted Emmerich. After a 4-over-76 on Thursday, Justin Thomas looked headed towards slamming his trunk and heading home this evening. But Thomas won't just play the weekend here. He might be a factor. Nine iron for Justin Thomas. And he's got to stand on this. Starts it out to the right. Flag is on the left. Takes a big hop to the left from 166. Here, this one comes down the hill. Hang on a second. Justin Thomas has hit it to a couple of inches. Whoa! Stuart Sink made a hole in one about an hour ago, and JT just about put it in on top of him. What a shot. Brian Kittrick, the call on at 16 there on Sirius XM. Thomas with the kick in birdie. He's five under for the round. Best score of the day. JT is six off the lead. Scotty Scheffler, seven under par. And he's got three feet for birdie coming up at 16. You're listening to coverage of the 2022 Masters on Westwood Watt. My name is Douglas. I'm 79 and I live in Chicago. I'm a writer, director. I used to be a marathon runner. Now I'm a walker. In the kind of work that I do, you are surrounded by people who are all younger than you. Memory became a factor. As everyone gets older, where did I put my keys? But I had to get help somewhere along the line to stay competitive. I happened across Prevagen, and I started taking it. I saw myself having an improved memory, which at the same time, I felt better about myself. I could not be doing what I'm doing today had it not been for Prevagen. Prevagen, healthier brain, better life. 
Douglas is a paid testimonialist and real Prevagen user. Based on a clinical study of subgroups of individuals who are cognitively normal or mildly impaired, this product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Tiger Woods is going to make the cut in his first tournament since the car crash last year, sporting a turquoise golf shirt and navy pants. Woods on the green at 18, two over for his round and one over for the tournament. He's eight off the lead. Let's check the leaderboard. Sponsored by Prevagen. Prevagen is the most recommended memory support brand by pharmacists. Woods doffing his cap after making his par putt at 18, acknowledging the patrons. Woods at one over. Heading into the weekend, the leader is Scotty Scheffler at seven under par. Scheffler with three holes to go, four under today. Charles Schwartzel, Sung J.M., Shane Lowry, Hideki Matsuyama, all at three under, four shots back of the number one player in the world. From Augusta, I'm Ted Emmerich, Westwood One Sports. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.